I am watching who's the last to sit down. Just season. You guys are actually more behaved than the kids in this because when we do it at youth group on Wednesday and Sunday nights, you guys are like, we'll greet a few people and then sit down and get quiet for whoever's teaching. They are like, da 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 da. And you're like, hey, greeting time's over. Love it. Da 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 da. Hey, sit down. Da da da. It's like, all right, we got to move on. You know, so, but it is fun because they love that time. It's a, it's a great time for all of us as a group to come together and just say, hey, we're glad you're here. You know, it's so many times a lot of people don't get that feeling. And, and we hope this morning, no matter if you came through the doors, one of the doors, or just in here, you get that feeling that we are glad you're here. Uh, if it's your millionth time with us or your first time with us, and we are, we're very glad you're here. And so I just want you to know before I pray and we get started, I have been studying a lot for this message. This summer we are studying unsung heroes, and as on this side you'll see the different characters. I get the privilege of teaching on Jonathan this morning, and then on this side you'll see kind of the things we're going to hit, what it means to be an unsung hero, and this week we're going to be looking at what it means to be a loyal friend, but in my study besides digging into the word and commentaries and all that good stuff, I've also been watching Iron Man and Avengers and you know all those movies to make sure I'm ready for this morning so we can talk about this together. And so let's pray as we get ready to talk about this together. God, we thank you for entertainment in the sense of these movies, and it's fun to watch them. But God, even in that, there's some untruth. And so God, as we look at your word today, as we keep working through this series, help us to learn truth. Help us to see what it means to be a hero a true hero from your eyes. As God, we just pray as we look at Jonathan and, and his character of being a loyal friend, what does that mean in general, but what also does that mean for us? So God, just be with us this morning. Help us this morning. Teach us this morning. In your name, amen. So watching these movies, and I love these movies, my wife and I are big into superhero movies. I'm more of a Marvel fan then I am a DC fan, if you know what that means. DC is Superman, Batman, those weird characters. And then you've got, you know, the awesome ones like Avengers and Iron Man. I mean, I almost bought a toy for Christmas that has the hand where I go, you know. It's so cool, you know. And so in that, we get to watch these movies. And there's a lot of fun and cool things in these movies. And it's entertainment. I mean, that's what it really is for. But the sad thing is in these movies, as we're watching these movies and loving these movies, there's things that we don't realize we're being taught. And, our, and, and these movies, their big emphasis is what a hero is. What do they look like? How do they act? How do they do life? And in some ways, our culture is teaching us completely opposite of what a hero looks like compared to what God teaches us in Scripture, what a hero looks like. And so for this series, we're looking together at this, and your first line, your note, and we hit this throughout our series, is this. A hero is a person who, by faith, answers God's call to. And this week, it's a hero is a person who, by faith, answers God's call to be a loyal friend. Now, for some of us, we're like, why even talk about that? Why is that even an issue? 
Well, it is, because one of the things we're learning in our culture today is more and more people feel lonely than ever before. They don't feel like they have people in their life to either be their friend or come alongside them, or even the opposite, where we can come alongside them. Another thing we're learning about friendship is people are getting so busy in life that they don't have time for friends. Some of it's just due because of life of family, and we know that. But some of it's because we're so involved in so many activities that we don't have that time. And so friendship is becoming a less and less thing as we go through our society. But as we look today, I want us to remember a couple things. One, first a definition of what we're going to look at today and what it means to be a loyal friend, but also the lie that our culture is trying to feed into us and teach us what it means to really be a loyal friend, or, or actually the lie of to fight against it, really. So here's the definition of what it means to be a loyal friend. They willingly lay down their life for another. That's it. They willingly lay down their life for another is a loyal friend. We're going to look more at that when we study Jonathan here in a moment. But the thing I want us to understand is laying down our life, if you're like me, I instantly think about death. Like I'm laying down my life, I'm going to die for somebody, right? Laying down your life, really, and as we're going to see with Jonathan, isn't always just to the point of death. Now sadly, when you read through the scriptures and see Jonathan's life, eventually he does die in a sad way. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is this. He lays down his life in the sense that he's going to be the rightful heir to a throne. And he lays down everything else so somebody else can succeed. He's going to put somebody else first. So they can be better. So we can see their potential. That's what a loyal friend is. That we put ourselves aside for other people. I love our banners. We, one of our big statements, first and foremost, has got to happen is love the Lord. And, and we're going to learn that from Jonathan too today, where that's where it starts. But as he does that, he learns how to love other people. And, and we're going to see that with David and his relationship. And what it means for Jonathan to be such a loyal friend to David and what that example is in our life. But here's the lie that, that we're told. Playing a secondary role is not as heroic as playing the lead role. Playing a secondary role is not as heroic as playing the lead role. We're told our job is to get up in our job place. We're supposed to get as high as we can, as fast as we can, no matter who we hurt or push aside. And our friends, we're supposed to be the top dog, the leader of the circle or whatever. I mean, I've seen that in my own life back in high school. You had to, it's kind of like a pecking order in your friendship. Who's kind of the leader everybody follows? You find that within the church sometimes, sadly. The people have their roles they want, and they don't care who they hurt or what they do to get that role or that position. Things happen all the time where we are about us more than we are about others. And our culture wants to keep teaching us that. And I want to say this. Is it wrong that we want to improve and get better in our, our job? No. Is it wrong that we want to be in certain positions? No. Is it wrong that Maybe all our friends look at us as the leader. 
No. What matters is our heart behind the intent. If my heart in a job place is I want to be the CEO, and I don't care what it means for me to get there, my heart is not right. I should not be the CEO. I remember when I was uh, working at Hardee's, I had the opportunity to become the manager at one point. And the head manager, the restaurant manager, did not want to make me a shift manager, and that really set me off. I was like, I've been here, I've proven myself, I've done all the stuff you've asked of me and more. You know, I'm one of the, and he says it, I'm one of the best workers he's had because of what I do. I even got to set the record for drive through at Hardee's. I deserve that job. <laughs> but one day he looked at me and he said, Lee, after just thinking about it, I don't know if I'm going to do that and let you be that. I was crushed. I mean, think about that. How many uh, times of us have felt that, that crush that we deserve something or we should be in that spot or that role? It's hard, but yet... Here's the beauty of it. Jonathan teaches us a whole different perspective. Even in the movies, I love watching Iron Man. It's, uh, again, one of my favorite movies, Avengers, that whole series of movies. I'm addicted, I know. But in that, Iron Man 2, if you've ever seen it, he has a buddy who's trying to help him and come alongside him and wants to partner with him to do what needs to happen next. And Iron Man looks at him and goes, Iron Man doesn't need any help. He doesn't need a second. This guy is trying to be a Jonathan and say, I want to come alongside and help you and encourage you and be there for you in the times of need. And Iron Man, as our heroes say, I'm on my own. I mean, Batman struggled with Robin because he was a little punk kid. He didn't need no help from a little punk kid, right? But that's not being a hero. And later in Iron Man 2, Iron Man gets it. He, he realizes, i got to get some help. And that's where this character comes back and play and goes, now I'll help you, let's do this. And they destroy like every like, robot coming at him. You know, it's so cool. And like, <laughs> they do that. But why? Because it's finally he realizes, I need a Jonathan in my life. I need somebody to come alongside me and help me and build me up and Help me with my potential to become the best Iron Man I can be. How many of us have Jonathans in our lives already? People that do that, that come alongside and encourage us. Pray for us. Hopefully if you're in a life group, that's our heart, is that part of that is your group is doing that together as you're doing life together, that you love each other, that you encourage each other. If life gets hard, you build each other up and remind each other what God promises. But do we have it? And here's the thing I want to encourage you. If, if you instantly, when I asked that question, thought of somebody, I would encourage you this week, take the time to thank them. Most Jonathans don't do it for the recognition. But it's nice once in a while to tell people we love you and are thankful for you. Because they deserve it to go, thank you for helping me. 
But the biggest thing we're going to look at today is not so much about us getting a Jonathan, but more about us being a Jonathan. What does it mean to be a loyal friend? What does it mean to lay our lives down for other people? What does it mean for us to come alongside other people? What does that look like? How can we use that in our own life? So I'm going to ask you to open up to 1 Samuel chapter 14. If you don't have your own Bible, we have Bibles for you in front of you under the seats. They're uh, the black uh, books there. And if you need some help finding it, it's on page 194 in those books. The 1 Samuel chapter 14. And I want to explain as you're looking there, this is not our example of the being the loyal friend statement. Because here's the thing, before we can go there, we have to learn something else. Before we can really get the impact or see what's really going on here, we have to see what Jonathan could have been. Because I think sometimes to be a Jonathan, we have to realize the reality of what we deserve or what we could have had or whatever before we can step into that role. And so here we go, starting in verse 6, we're going to see a super cool moment with Jonathan. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outposts of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act out in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, Come then, we will cross over toward the men and let them see us. If they say to us, Wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor pair, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan and his armor bearer climbed up after, and the Lord has given them into our hand, and so they climbed up. Now, the reason I share this part of the story before we go into the main part is this. Your first note under Jonathan is our example. Jonathan had every reason and right to be king. Jonathan had every reason and right to be king. He was the prince for one and foremost. He was the next in line. His dad was the king. So when his dad was done with that role, it was his turn to be. So Jonathan had the right to be king. Not just that, I mean, look at these characteristics that we see in this story. He leads the charge. He takes the initiative. He shows courage. He exhibits confidence in the Lord. I mean, isn't that somebody we want leading us? Being that example to us? Leading our nation or leading a state? Leading a church? He's an example we want. He's got every reason and right to do so, but the beauty of it is, as he doesn't. I mean, think about this, folks, with your job or with whatever. I bet most of us could look at somebody near us or below us and say, I've got more education than you. I've got more experience than you. 
I've got this more than you or that more than you. And we get that playing in our heads saying, this is why I get that job. This is why I get that role. Jonathan could have been playing that over and over and over again in his head. I mean, think about this. Here's a guy that grew up in the kingdom. And here's a guy over here that grew up herding sheep. In our culture today, who do we want as our leader, right? But Jonathan sees this, the next thing in our note, and I love this about Jonathan. He wasn't empowered by the kingly things, but by the God he trusted. He wasn't empowered by the kingly things, but by the God he trusted. He said, God, if this is what you want, I'll do it. Now for some of us like me, I don't like it, but I'll do it. But Jonathan said, no, whatever God wants is more important than what I want. And he said, God, it might not be fair, I might not like it, but I'll do it. I love what John MacArthur says in in one of his books about uh, Jonathan. He says, he placed his faith firmly in the promise, will, and power of God. That's who Jonathan was. It wasn't about his role. It wasn't about what's right or reason. It's just about what God wants. See, that's where it goes back to our vision, folks. I honestly believe this. I love the fact we have love the Lord, love one another, serve the world, but it's going to be hard to serve the world if you really don't love the Lord. It's really going to be hard to love other people if we don't love the Lord. It's got to start with the Lord. Just like Jonathan. Then we can do the next step Jonathan takes and learns how to love others like a David. The other thing I want you to see too that's just so beautiful is this, and we're going to see our main point today, is he constantly affirms David. First, he has every reason and right to be, and then David comes into his life and they become really good friends, actually very close friends. Some people really question how close. But they become so close that constantly when you read about Jonathan and David's story, you see how much he affirms David every step of the way. The sad part is, and this is why Jonathan's an unsung hero, is because one of the reasons we chose this was people we don't normally get to hear from or usually you know, get sidestepped when we're studying Scripture. And usually when you talk about David or 1 Samuel, it's about David. And then you get the little chunk of Jonathan because he's part of the story, and then you move back to David, right? But we miss so much if we don't stop and learn from Jonathan too. There's so much he can teach us and we can see besides David. Let's look at this together in our notes. 1 Samuel 23, 16 and 17. This is the big crux of today. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father knows this. I love this moment. 
If you read through the story of Jonathan and David, this is to the point where Saul now has threatened David a couple times, even throwing a javelin at his head, you know, and threatened David. And David's like, dude, your dad doesn't like me. And Jonathan's like, no, my dad would let me know if he didn't like you. I know these things. And he's like, no, I really think your dad doesn't like me. And so Jonathan goes, let me find this out. And this is a moment where David's gone through a lot now and he's trying to wrestle like a lot of us with what is God calling us to do? Who is God calling us to be? Who is God creating us to be? And there's moments in that journey that we struggle and be like, man, is this really who I am? Is this really what I should be doing? Is this really what God's asked in this scenario? All of us face that one time or another. And David's at that point, and so Jonathan goes and finds out from his dad, does he really like David or not? And poor Jonathan gets a spear at his head. And Jonathan's like, oh, yep, he doesn't like you. But he goes out to David, and this is where I love it, this statement right there. He helps him find strength in God. What does that even mean? What does that even look like to help somebody find strength in God? Here's what I like to illustrate it as. Sometimes when my students are hurting or sometimes when they're confused if they come to me, there's moments where I've put my hands on their side of their face just to get their attention. And say, remember. Right now it's hard. Right now it's not easy. Remember who you are. Remember where you've come from, where you've gone. Remember who God's created you to be. Remember who God's asked you to be. Remember the plan God has for you. The thing I love about this book is all we have to do is hand up this book, really, and go remember. I mean, if you flip through this book, it's God reminding you over and over and over and over again what he promised. Who he says you are if you believe in him. And what comes with that if you believe in him? But sometimes in those hard moments, we need people like a Jonathan to grab your David by the face and go, I love you. I'm here for you. Remember, God has a plan for you. I know my dad doesn't like you, but guess what? It doesn't even matter if my dad likes you or not. You will be king. I'm okay with that. Why? Because it's more important for me because I put God first that you become the king because that's what God wants. And I'm here for you day in and day out. And I will support you day in and day out. And I will pray with you and love you and come alongside with you day in and day out to help you remember that you will be king or you will be this person or you will play this role. Folks, are we doing that for other people? Are we helping people remember who they really are and who they're going to be? Are we being a loyal friend like Jonathan? And in some ways, are we putting ourselves aside to help those people? This weekend, I got to go paintballing with a lot of the students and Got some nice little welt marks and stuff from the paintballs. But in that time, I got to talk to one of the dads that came with us. And we got to talking, and he was telling me how one of his favorite characters is Jonathan. He's so excited about 
this week, and, and I didn't tell him everything because I still want him to come this morning. Uh, but we got to talking about kind of my heart with this. And we got to talking, and as we got to talking, I'm like, are we really being Jonathan's? That's my big thing for myself included. And he, and he took it another level further. He goes, but Lee, are we even being Jonathan's in our own family? And I was just like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's easy for me to think friends or coworkers or whatever. I mean, think about it. It's easy to connect it because guy on guy, you know, like friends. But are we being Jonathans in our family? Are we helping lift up and encourage our kids or grandkids? One that hit me this morning as I was driving here. God took it another level for me, and I don't always like that because then it's very convicting. And he said, Lee, are you being a Jonathan to your wife? And I was like, oh. And I sadly had to admit, this last week I have not been a very good Jonathan to my wife. It's sad to me for two reasons. One, because she's an amazing Jonathan to me. She is always there to listen to me, always there to come alongside me, always there to pray with me encourage me, remind me who I am. And this week she was going through her own stuff and I didn't even really slow down to take the time to really come alongside her. The other sad thing to me is you look at this story with David and Jonathan, guy friends, right? My bond with my spouse should be way more important than any of my friends. And I realized, i got to start working on this myself. Because my wife needs that encouragement. Your husband or wife needs that encouragement. More than anybody else, you need each other. Are you being a Jonathan in your family? The thing I love about Jonathan is these two things next in your notes. He encourages and reminds David of what God promised. He encourages and reminds David of what's promised. He doesn't let him get away and go, I'm here with you or whatever. He's just there to say, remember. Sometimes we need that, don't we? We just need somebody to help us remember. The next thing I love is this. They had a deep friendship that was more important than the roles played. They had a deep friendship that was more important than the roles played. It wasn't about, I should be king, you should be king, I'm this, you're that. It was, hey, you're my best friend. I'm going to help you do what God says. I'm going to help you keep growing. I'm going to help you become who God wants you to be. It's not about roles. It's about the relationship. This year has been a challenge for me in this, another growing point besides the conviction of my spouse. This year I've had the privilege of having staff with me, adding one full-time staff to our youth ministry team. And you, on the back of the bulletin you can learn a little bit more from them. Not right now, uh, not while I teach, but afterwards you can. <laughs> 
But one of the things that's been hard is we've added Chris, who you get to hear from a little bit later here. And I've been doing this a lot on my own. I'm the dog, you know, I'm the youth pastor, whatever you want to say. And I've had to learn how to step back and go, Chris, Bethany, Malia, I see the potential in you and I've got to pull back so you can become that. And that's been very hard. Because in some ways, people will look at me and go, well, you're the youth pastor. I go, well, yeah, I am. One of the things I've learned early on this January was I sat with the students as Chris taught and a lot of kids were still adjusting. And in that, they would look at me and go, kind of like, why aren't you up there? What's going on? You know, so some of that confusion of changing in leadership. And I realized I've got to get out of the way even more than I already have. And so what I ended up doing, and I do this every Sunday now, is I sit in the back by the wall, by the computer. Because I want the students to now look at Chris and go, you're the leader, and I want people to know I believe in him and support him and encourage him to be the role he is. And so I need to get out of the way, even if that means I have to sit way, way in the back so nobody maybe even knows I'm there. Is that still easy? No. Am I perfect? Oh my gosh, no. But I'm trying to get better. Why? Because I need to be a Jonathan too, not just get Jonathans. Who's in your life right now that you could think of that you can go, I need to come alongside them this week. I need to help them this week. I need to encourage them this week. Or I need just to listen to them this week. Or I need to remind them this week. If you don't have a Jonathan in your life, I know sometimes that's a sad story. I just want you to know my heart goes out to you. If you're like, man, I couldn't even think of anybody to be my Jonathan. Can I encourage you in something, though? First, I'll be praying for you that you'll have a Jonathan come alongside you. More so, hopefully, here in the building, in the church, family, than anywhere else. But second... You have one big Jonathan you can turn to that's not in the human form right now, and that's Jesus Christ. He will always love you. He will always encourage you. He will always help you with your potential. He will always show you things. He will always help you. Why? Because he loves you so much, he died on that thing right there, the cross. Because he believes in each one of us that much. That him as God came to earth, put himself aside, and said, I believe in you so much, I'm going to lift you up while I go down. If you don't have a Jonathan, I want you to know that today. That you do, if you so choose to accept it. I like what... John Maxwell says in one of his leadership books, he talks about this with Jonathan and just some other leaders. He said, every time you encounter people with potential, you must make a choice. Every time you encounter people with potential, you must make a choice. You're either going to choose to be a non-Jonathan and push everybody aside so you can move further, get your way, whatever it is, and just push them. And a lot of times it's sad because usually when we get in that mode, we hurt people and we don't even care. 
Or when you see somebody with potential, are you going to take them and lift them up and say, here you go. Let me help you. Even though I would love to be a leader, even though I would love to be the show or up front or whatever, it's more important you become this than me. Why? Because God wants you to. Folks, are we being a Jonathan? Are we being a hero to people by being a Jonathan? The thing I love is this next statement in the notes. And this is where it goes back to the beginning. His unwavering faith in the Lord's plan for his future is what sets him apart as an unsung hero. His unwavering faith in the Lord's plan for his future is what sets him apart as an unsung hero. And these two things are what back that up. First, Jonathan willingly gave up his own claim to the throne because he understood that the Lord had chosen David instead of him. He basically said to God, you know what's best. Second, Jonathan embraced God's call in his life to play a supporting role. There's a difference here. I wrote it that way on purpose, the embrace word versus instead of accept. Because some of us, we can accept things and it doesn't do anything different in our lives. But if you embrace something, you have to change. I can accept that Jesus Christ is my Savior and that's okay, but I can embrace it and let it change who I am. I can be a Jonathan and accept that David's next or somebody else is next or whatever it is in our life. And I can accept it. Or I can embrace it and help that person along and encourage that person and pray for them. Each one of us in this room are at different places of life, different scenarios in life. Each one of us has to figure out where this comes into play. But my question to us is, what is it going to look like if we took this seriously? If we really became Jonathan to other people, I mean, if you're like me at the grocery store, I like walking with my head down and like got to get my groceries and get out, you know? But what if I slowed down and started looking and saw maybe somebody was hurting? And I just said, hey, are you okay? Not trying to be nosy or anything, but just, are you okay? And part of this is slowing down in life. So we can be aware of the people we need to be Jonathan too. So my question, Cherry Hills, is this. Will you this week make yourself available to be used by God in being a loyal friend? Will you this week be a, let God use you to do so? In a minute here, we're going to have a moment of silence, and, there, and I'll explain that here, what we're going to do with that. But what I, what I want to say next is please don't leave right away because the beauty of it is we're not done. We're going to actually hear from some of our students on this topic. They're going to share some testimonies on how Jonathan has affected them. But what I want us to do now, right now as a family, is this. On the back of your notes, you see six words Honor, power, plans, expectations, prestige, and position. As we are praying and talking through this, we came to the conclusion these are usually the six that most 
hold us back from being a Jonathan. And so what we want to do right now and ask you to do right now is take the time and go, all right, God, what's holding me back? What's stopping me? What's maybe hindering me from being a Jonathan to somebody? And we want you to take that and circle that. If it's your plans, circle that and then talk to the Lord about it. If it's your honor or prestige, circle that and talk to the Lord about it. But we want to give you this next minute or so to just take that time to be real with the Lord and say, this is where I struggle right now, but I want to be Jonathan. And then in that moment, Chris will come up and we'll start hearing testimonies from our students. So take this time now to just spend time with the Lord on being a Jonathan. My name is Chris, and I'm the uh, senior high youth director, full-time as of this year. It's um, a position that they made to help Lee do his job better so that we can come alongside these youth, and it's been a fantastic year so far. And, uh, you know, as we talk about loyalty, um, we're about to have some testimonies, but I kind of want to address a, a couple people or groups that, for me, if I were to be giving my testimony right now, it, it just needs to be said. And first off, the people that I see as being loyal to me is this youth group, this entire youth group. It was amazing. When I first came on, I honestly had the, the thought go through my mind that it was going to be me pouring out and me spending so much of myself. And what I found was that they poured into me. I, I get texts. I get texts from these youth saying, Chris, have you read your Bible today? Uh, texts, Chris, how can we be praying for you today? I get emails saying, so when's worship this week? What time do we need to be there? Can we show up early? Can we set up equipment? Uh, I get, I'm, I'm serious, 11 o'clock at night, I get uh, texts, I get calls from people saying, this verse in 2 Corinthians, what does this mean? Like, help me see this. And, and they blow me away with their level and their desire to know the Lord and to serve. But what blows me away is how loyal they are to one another. Not just me, but to each other. And I think that ultimately starts with how God has been loyal to them. And they're just responding to it. It's amazing. And so the youth are the ones I want to brag about right now. But not only the youth, but the people that get to have the privilege to pour into them. I know Lee mentioned that we do have a staff, and that's great. But really, what makes us look good are all the people other than the staff that come alongside of us. All our small group leaders. You know, we, we actually give our small group leaders the summer off and they still show up. They come and they're just like, we wanna be with the kids, we don't care, we'll meet up, we'll take them out to coffee. We have tons of volunteers, drivers, chaperones. We actually have people when we have overnighters at The Rock who are willing to sleep on the hard concrete floor, parents who are willing just because they wanna be with kids, girls who go to girls retreat, like mothers and aunts and different people, and they're willing to go three days without showering and putting on makeup, and it's just because they love these kids. And uh, so we have the small group leaders, we've got chaperones and volunteers, but seriously, this is, this is it. It comes, lastly, the parents. The parents are the most loyal, the most Jonathan-looking people that we have in this body, and I have been blown away by the level of commitment to the lives and the walks of these young people. I, I think it's interesting. I think they are youth pastors without the title. They're just called mom and dad. And seriously, we couldn't do this without you guys being Jonathan, so thank you. Hi, my name is Emily and I have a loyal friend. She's a person that shows me things from God's perspective and she displays grace. 
When my mom had a stillbirth, that was the hardest time in my life, and she was very comforting to me. She made herself available to anything I may have needed. This is not her just in times of struggles, but one of the ways she shows compassion. She shows me the love of Christ by who she is. Hi, my name is Matt. I have a loyal friend that's been there since fifth grade. On July 27th of this year, I'll be going on a missions trip to Minnesota to serve on a Native American reservation, and I needed to raise $400 to go on this trip. My friend gave $100 out of his pocket, and other members of his family gave a total of $100 to me to allow me to go on this trip. My friend and his family have shown the love of Christ and have been loyal to me um, in their sacrificial giving. Hi, my name is Abby. There is a certain kind of love that can only be attained with Christ. And this is the kind of love that I have found in my friends in this youth group. I remember nights that I would feel like I was crushing under the weight of my sin. And those times that I would confide in them regarding that, they did not give me advice on how to fix myself. They showed me the love of Christ by being there through it all and reminding me that they loved me. At Enfuge, God was really working in the hearts of a few friends and I in different ways. And it was so powerful because we encouraged and lifted each other up in prayer as he did so. Hi, my name is Hannah. For a large portion of my life, I really struggled finding reliable friends. I've been repeatedly lied to, pressured to do things that weren't God-honoring, and left feeling empty and far from God. At one point, I felt as though walking with God wasn't worth all the emotional pain I, that I had experienced for living the Christian life. But I'd seen what giving up on God does to a person, and I knew that wasn't what I wanted for my life. So I clung to my friends, my trustworthy, loyal, God-honoring friends. I went to a camp, and I realized that my faith had plateaued, and it just wasn't enough for me. So I started questioning a friend who had been through a similar thing about how to find God again and how to continue growing in your faith. I soon saw that he hadn't given up on me. I'd given up on seeking him. I have no doubt in my mind that without my friends, I would have stopped seeking God completely and settled for a mediocre relationship with him. To be completely honest with you, I expected my friends to think less of me when I shared parts of me with them I prefer to keep hidden. But I also knew I couldn't grow with God without sharing that part of me. Instead of judging me, they shared my pain with me. Because of how they reacted, we grew closer to God and each other. Hi, my name is Jared. I used to belong to another church's youth group, but no one there really cared about me, and I was really lonely. God knew my loneliness, and so he brought my family to Cherry Hills. On my first day over at The Rock, several people there came up to me, greeted me, and actually talked to me, which never happened before. God used their friendliness to help me get involved so that I could learn more about him. I feel happy and befriended in a great place to learn about God. As you see, it does make a difference having a Jonathan in your life, doesn't it? I think a lot of us have witnessed that, but here's my question for us. Will you this week be a hero and be a Jonathan to somebody. Will you? This morning I'm going to ask the prayer team to come down so that way 
if you need to talk about anything or pray about anything. We'll be down here, down front. If you want to even talk about this role of being a Jonathan and pray together, we'll be glad to do so. But Sherry Hills, will you be a hero this week? And be a Jonathan, a loyal friend to somebody. See you next Sunday.